You are now tuned in to the Let's Talk Money Honey podcast, a bi-weekly conversation where I'll be spilling the tea on entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Khadija Bingham, CEO of Money Honey Financial, and I am here to candidly share my experience as a new entrepreneur. Whether you are currently an entrepreneur, someone who's considering entrepreneurship, or just interested in hearing my journey, I am here to encourage, motivate, and most of all, keep it real with you. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I cannot wait for you to listen. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Money, Honey. Thank you so much for tuning in, and welcome to episode number two. Starting now and going forward, I would like to open up every episode with a sweet and a sour moment of entrepreneurship for me. So for today, I have two sweet moments that I would like to talk about. My first sweet moment happened this week. It was myself and two people on my team. We were in the office. So everybody who's in the Philadelphia area was in the office together. And uh, we all get along so well. And it just felt so great to literally have a team have them in one place. When I was in like Microsoft Teams, everybody was green and I knew that everyone was working on my business. That was literally a moment of like, I wouldn't even say a dream come true because I never even dreamed of having this this soon in the business. So it was just great to know or just to experience that. Like, and I said to the team, like, yo, how did I do this all on my own last year or two years ago? So it, I felt like so, so, so much gratitude in that moment to really be able to see what I'm building, like it happening. And people come to the office and they're happy to be there. They like, don't fight me on it. At least I think they're happy to be there. Um, And we really have a good time. We have music playing, we get our work done, we talk, we laugh. And it's just awesome to know that I'm building a great culture for the business. It like, it was so overwhelming. I was so overwhelmed with joy. Um, this week for that reason, it felt so great. My second sweet moment of entrepreneurship was being accepted as an ambassador for a brand. The brand is Doso Beauty. Doso Beauty is one of our clients, as well as a dear friend. I have been a fan of the company of the brand for a very long time. And it feels good to know that like, I'm at a place where people think that I'm worthy of representing their brand for them. So I have my own discount code. And like, if you use my code at checkout, you'll get a 10% discount. So that makes me really happy because I promote this business either way. So to be recognized for just me naturally promoting it and now being able to potentially not only get paid from it, but also save people who follow me there, save them money. It's like, that's a dream come true. Like everybody who's building a brand or maybe not everybody, but a lot of people who are building a brand, 
being an influencer in some type is the goal. So knowing that like my first real kind of ambassadorship is with not only a friend and a client, but a brand that I love so much. And I'm actually wearing the locks right now. I'm wearing the lip liner right now. Um, I usually always have the edge control on. It just feels so great. So those were like my top two moments this week or these past two weeks of entrepreneurship. So those are my sweet moments of entrepreneurship for these last two weeks. My sour moment, mm, 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 mm. y'all, I am tired right now. I feel per- perpetually tired this week. It's like no matter how much sleep I get, I'm still tired. I don't understand why the first day of tax season, well, the first day that the IRS starts accepting um, tax returns is the day that my laptop decides to run out of storage. And sure, maybe they were giving me warnings ahead of time, but I thought I had time before I would need an entirely new laptop. So this week, the first week of tax season, I had to buy a new laptop unexpectedly. So that's my sour moment because it literally felt like it was the worst time for it to happen. I couldn't respond to emails. I couldn't open attachments. I really did think I could make it until the weekend at least to go laptop shopping and do a little research. But no, Wednesday, I left the office early. My partner and I, we went to Best Buy. It was a rainy night. Best Buy they had on display some a laptop that I fell in love with, but they didn't actually have it in store. So we went to another Best Buy where I was able to purchase the laptop that I wanted. So that was just my sour moment because it just really felt like, why did this have to happen this week? Why couldn't this happen three weeks ago? Or why couldn't this happen after tax season? Um, but that was probably my sour moment of entrepreneurship. And like I told y'all, like, it's not always sweet. Like they're sour moments. Um, and that was a hundred percent a sour moment for me, but I do like to look at the bright side of things. So while it was sour, I am happy that I am in a position to, I was in a position where I can even afford to go buy a laptop and I could afford to get the laptop that I wanted. Um, even though I did try and get the cheaper version, but my partner was like, Deej, like you work hard, like you can afford it. And uh, like, you really want it. Like you don't work hard to get things that you aren't excited about. So while it was a sour moment, it is backed up by the fact that I'm grateful that I could just pick up on a Wednesday and not have to think twice about being able to make that investment um, for my business. So those are my sweet and sour moments of entrepreneurship. You remember this podcast is here to give you the real. So I'm going to give you the pretty, I'm going to give you the ugly, I'm going to give you the sweet, I'm going to give you the sour. So those are mine for these last um, two weeks. But for the meat of this episode, what I really like to discuss is three things I did before leaving my nine to five to pursue full-time entrepreneurship. I am not an advocate of people leaving their nine to five without having some sort of strategy in place. Being a full-time entrepreneur is life-changing. It changes the way your life sets is set up pretty much. At least it was for me. My life looks completely different now than it did last year. And it was very, very, very important for me to uh, plan for that. You hear a lot of stories about people just quitting their job, being on unemployment for a couple of 
or I, actually maybe that's not true because can you quit your job and be um and get unemployment i don't know that's a conversation for another podcast um but you hear so many stories of people like quitting their job and then uh, without a plan and then becoming full-time entrepreneurs that is something that could never have worked for me i uh wanted to continue to maintain this a similar lifestyle to what I had when I had a full-time job. So like quitting my job, switching over to just eating oodles and noodles and pasta every night for dinner wasn't going to work for me. I had to be meticulous. I had to plan um, and be thoughtful before I made such a life-changing decision because it didn't only impact me, it impacted my family, my friends, all of those things. When I made the decision to leave my job, maybe I should start, um, give a brief synopsis of why I even decided to leave my job. So I did not plan to leave Goldman this early. I never, never in a million years would have thought that I would be 29 years old, running my own business, having a team. That was never the plan for me. I was fine working in corporate America. Um, I knew that I would like to own my business one day, but I didn't think that it would be this soon at all. But I created Money Honey a while ago, and uh, it's always been a part of my life. And it's always been something that I thoroughly enjoy. So when Money Honey was just a blog, I only like wrote blog articles. I had a couple videos on YouTube, did a lot of stuff on Instagram. So for the company that I was working for, you have to report all of your outside activities because it was an investment bank highly scrutinized. Compliance is very important for them. So you have to report your outside activities. I never reported Money Honey as an outside activity because I wasn't making money from it. Um, I wasn't giving financial advice. I was just sharing my journey and my story. I um, decided once Money Honey actually started to generate revenue that I would report it to the firm. So I did the right thing. I talked to my manager about it. He was totally fine with it. I talked to his manager about it. She was totally fine with it. I reported it to compliance. Compliance denied it. So I was asked by the company to either shut the business. Well, first I was asked to shut the business down. So I lied and said, okay, well, I didn't lie. Like it was after tax season at this point. So I really wasn't doing much. I like updated my website to say that like things were coming soon or like not accepting clients. Like the few bookkeeping clients that I had, I continued to do the work for them, but I didn't promote anything else. And uh, following that, there was like this weird like riffraff in the office and uh, someone who was a lot more senior than me, um, kind of pulled me aside and was talking to me about money, honey. And I asked them, I was nervous. I didn't plan this conversation at all. I asked him if he could fire me and hire me as a contractor. And uh, it was because of that question that he realized how important that money, honey was to me and how um, I also explained to him that I felt like a piece of me was missing without me being able to do it. And, uh, he gave me this long explanation as to why he couldn't. He gave me this long explanation as to why he could not hire me as a contractor. 
But he said that he would work really hard to see if there was a way that I could do both work for them as well as do money, honey. He then proceeds to ask me if I would be open to doing it for free or donating my profit. And it was after that conversation, I was so frustrated because to me, it felt like they didn't care that I was doing money, honey, or running this business. They cared that they weren't my only source of income. And to me, that felt like way too much control. It felt like they wanted to be able to control how I live my life, right? Like a person's income determines like where they shop, what kind of food they eat, what they do for fun, where they live. So for them to to ask me to do something, to not care that I did something, but only if I did it for free, made me feel like they wanted to have too much control over me. And it was from then when I started to make my exit strategy. I knew that, It was more important for me to run this business because I cared about it so much than uh, it was for me to be there at that job. And because I cared about this business so much and the brand so much, I genuinely felt like and still feel like my earnings potential is greater being my own boss than it was in that environment. I decided to leave. Well, I decided that I would be leaving eventually. So I wish I could remember the timeline. I don't remember. I want to say that may have been, it was after tax season. So like maybe May of a year, I don't even know which year it was May of some year, the year before I I left when they had that conversation. So I spoke with my partner who I mentioned in the last episode lived in Philly. And I was like, what are your thoughts on like me moving back home? Because I really had to start to think about why was it that I was so tied to that job? And all the things I could think about were things that I were choosing. I was choosing. I'm like, well, I need this job because I need to pay for my pay for my rent. Well, you're choosing to live in New York, Khadija. You don't have to live there. You could, for real, for real, you could go back home and live with your mom and pay no rent. Oh, I need this job because I want to continue to pay extra on my student loans. That's a choice. You don't have to pay extra on your student loans. So I started to really convince myself that, or or show myself that I was in this situation that I didn't love And it was all my choice. So like, why am I choosing to be here? So uh, I um, decided that, you know what? I don't have to live in New York. Maybe it's time for me to move back to Philadelphia. So I'll call my partner. We talk about it. And he's like, all right, well, I guess it's time. I guess it's time for you to move back to Philly. We're going to figure it out. So it was great to have that support 100%. I think that it made the transition definitely easier knowing that like, even though my change would impact others, they were 100% supportive of it as well. So I'll say the first thing I did was build out a spreadsheet. I know I love a good spreadsheet. I'm an accountant with all of my expenses post when I leave my job. So I broke it down month by month. I needed to know what it was that I would be spending money on and based off of how much money I currently had, how long it could last if money, honey, didn't make enough money. So I broke it out January, February, March, April, May. 
and I estimated so many things in all the life changes, what my rent would be while I'm still in New York, what my rent would be or a, a potential rent or mortgage would be if I left, what that would what that would look like once I left New York, a car note. I didn't add a car note in until the months that I plan to leave New York, car insurance, groceries, gas, um, my electric bill, working out, hanging out with friends, all of these things I recorded on a spreadsheet so that I could make a realistic decision to see if this was something that was real for me um, or if not real for me, if some, this was something that I could actually do. So a lot of this stuff I had to guess or just ask a lot of questions. I never had a car note before. I never had car insurance. So I will be asking friends like how much like is your car note? How much is your car insurance? I will be asking like how much you spend on gas? Like how often do you fill up your tank? All of these questions so that I can really come up with an estimate of like what my life would look like financially once I left this job. That was super helpful for me because it was eye opening and honestly made me feel like, oh, I can I can do this. So I would suggest that if you are planning to alter your life in any way, especially financially, you need to come up with some sort of plan, plan out your cash flow, understand what your expenses are going to look like before you go ahead and make that leap. Based off of those expenses and my plans, I had a good enough amount of money saved where I would be fine, even if Money Honey didn't make any money. So uh, that was one of the first things that I did. The second thing that I did before I left my job was I bought a house. So most people know that it is a lot easier to purchase a property or get a loan get a mortgage when you have a pay stub than it is when you are a full-time entrepreneur. So knowing that I made the decision to buy a house before I left. A lot of people, when they're transitioning from corporate America to full-time entrepreneurship, their goal is to, or some indicator that they're ready is if their side hustle is making a similar amount of money as their full-time job. For me and the hours that I was working, that is something that was just not reasonable at all. Um, My job was very demanding. I was paid very well. And with the time left over after work, there was not enough time for me to generate that same amount of income in my side hustle. So I had to take a different approach. Instead of having my income meet my current income, I took the approach of reducing my expenses. So when I thought about how I could reduce my expenses, for most of us, our largest expense is our living expense. So like rent. So I decided that I would purchase a multifamily home and I would house hack. And I once again, I created a spreadsheet um, and I knew that I didn't want to spend any more than $800 a month on living. So for every property I saw, if the other unit wasn't paying enough for the remainder of the mortgage to be $800, then I didn't put an offer in on it. So me buying that duplex uh, was extremely helpful for me because it, one, it's income. 
but it pretty much eliminated those living expenses for me. And like I mentioned, doing that with a pay stub is a lot easier than when you're an entrepreneur. If I would have waited to buy a property until after I left my job, then I would have to have had to have waited at least two to three years before I'd be eligible to get a mortgage at a decent rate. A lot of mortgage companies, they like to see I think like two to three years of um, tax returns and like income being generated from the business. And while I've had income being generated, it's not enough for anybody to give me a loan. So uh, it was so important for me to buy that property before I left. And listen, I'll probably t- I'm gonna tell you all the story in another episode of like what that process was like. But by the time it was time for me to close, I was ready to leave that job. And my realtor and my partner pretty much had to beg me not to put my two weeks in. Like, I'm like, closing day is here. Like, can I put my two weeks in there? Like, can you please wait until we close, girl? And I'm like, I gotta wait. Are y'all sure? And then I then it's time to close, and they're like don't leave for another month because they can call and verify your employment. I'm like, oh my God. But um, because of all of that, I am happy that I had a job when I decided to buy my first property. So that was the second thing that I did. So if you are interested in um, real estate, if you're interested, I mean, if you're interested in leaving your job and you're also interested in house hacking or um, buying some sort of property or income generating asset, I would do that before you leave because it's going to be a lot easier for you to do that while you have that W-2 job. The last thing that I want to talk about that I did was I worked my ass off that last year so that I can guarantee myself that I was going to get promoted. I was up for promotion. And uh, when I tell y'all I worked hard, I bugged my manager every other week in our weekly meetings. I was, hey, I'm on track for promotion. Hey, I'm on track for promotion. Hey, I'm on track for promotion. Yes, Khadija. Yes, Khadija. Yes, Khadija. I worked my butt off because it was important for me to get promoted before I left for a few reasons. One, I knew promotion came with a big bonus. And as I'm leaving my job, I knew that I needed as much money as possible as my safety net should things not work out. Secondly, definitely coming from a place of fear, um, I wanted the title. So should I ever have to go back to corporate America? I could go back as a VP um, or I could have I'll have on my resume that I was a vice president at Goldman Sachs. So those two things were important to me. Because we all want more money, right? But also as a reaction to fear, I wanted to make sure that I was set up should things not work out. Now that I'm here and I'm running my business and I love it so much, I I love being a full-time entrepreneur. I do not see myself going back to a corporate environment, but who knows? I um Maybe we'll see where life takes me years from now. But as of right now, it is like not on my trajectory or radar at all. But should I ever choose to go back to a corporate job, then uh, hopefully I have some leverage considering that I was a VP when I left. And I mean, honestly, like who knows if people were even want to care that I was a VP for one month um, at Goldman Sachs. But We'll see. Hopefully I never cross that bridge. But if I do, 
and I still have a podcast, I will be sure to share it with you guys. So those are the three things that really stood out to me as things that I did prior to um, making the jump. So just a quick recap, that first thing, making a plan for my money. How much money am I going to be spending? So therefore, how much money do I need in order to leave? So uh, if you are thinking and considering leaving your job, you should know exactly how much money you're spending on a monthly basis. And I would plan to have at least six months to a year of that if you have a business that's not generating income already. If the business is already generating income, then I think six months is safe. If it's not generating income, I would plan to at least have a year's worth of that. Um, And for some that might not be realistic, but if that is something that you can obtain, I would shoot for that. The second thing I did, buy a house. Literally the best thing, one of the best moves that I made. My house pays my, I mean, my rental unit pays for, um, my mortgage. So I really have to, I rarely have to pay anything towards like my living expenses. I use it as a short-term rental. So I don't have to deal with like crazy tenants being in there for long periods of time. And I've had such a great experience. And that third thing was pretty much like get to the bag and not leave any money on the table. I knew that I wasn't leaving before bonus season. So even whether I was promoted or not, I was staying until I got my bonus. So just know and understand your pay cycles. And if you're trying to leave in December, but you get a bonus in January, just wait two months. Take that extra money. Don't leave that money on the table. You deserve it. You've worked for it and use that as investment money into your business or for your emergency fund should things not work out. So those are my three things that I did. Um, If this is something that you're considering, I hope that you've found that to be helpful I would love to hear, like, if you've made this jump already, I would love to hear some items that, or some things that you did before you left your job. So feel free to reach out to me on Instagram, email me, let me know. If you're not following me, my Instagram handle is at Miss Period Money Honey. So let's stay connected. If this is something that was helpful for you, please leave a comment. Uh, If you want me to elaborate on anything else, let me know. I'm happy, more than happy to do so. So as we wrap up this episode, one thing that I do want to plug and remind everybody is that my firm, Money Honey Financial, is still accepting clients. Hopefully we'll be accepting clients until April 1st, but we'll see. If we get too busy, then we may have to... um stop sooner. But as of right now, April 1st will be our cutoff. Anything after April 1st will still accept you, but it will not be filed by April 18th. It will be filed by, um, we will file an extension and then we'll get to it when we get to it. So we are still accepting clients. You can head to the website, www.moneyhoneyfinancial.com to get started. And Follow me on Instagram to keep up with me as I share my journey on a daily basis. Thank you all so much and stay sweet and I'll see you in two weeks. 